Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome back to the fifth and last NRL podcast, and we are here now at the end of the year. First week of finals gone, and uh, unfortunately, while we had some good games, it's been Martin controversy due to our match officials, bro. Mm, interesting. The uh, Cowboys-Sharks game, uh, the seventh tackle try, the uh, the last minute, um, what, what would you call it, clock malfunction? Yes. It was a um, it was a debacle at the uh, SFS on, on Saturday afternoon, but... That was my hot, both my holiday and my low, low light. We uh, we watched the game and um, were off the couch for different reasons at different stages during the game. It was uh, I thought it was very physical. It was entertaining. Um, it obviously had the controversy. Um, yeah, it was it was a cracker game. I just feel sorry for the Cowboys. I guess that was the low light for me. The fact that they've gone out the back door again um, through. No fault of their own, basically. And I know a lot of people have said that, uh, you know, and I don't know what your opinion on this is, but uh, that, you know, they had their chances to win the game. That didn't cost it them the game. Matter, but um, still, they've been done it twice, haven't they? Yeah, but it's plain and simple. You've heard it a million times that they had 70 minutes. And it, it, but the thing is, the game didn't play out fairly. You take the six points off in that situation, yep. they win. Um, well, the other one that I think that's gone under the radar, and I said it to you the at the time. No, not that. No. The, on that play where Linnett went out, the all the Cronulla players were offside. Mm. So I don't understand. Surely, when they went to the VRF to check the uh, check whether his foot had gone out or not, they could have gone check the onside of the players from Cronulla, given North Queensland a penalty. Bang! Thurston kicks it. It goes to Golden Point. Yeah. I still... I thought they were dotted in that regard. I, I still really. think, like I said, going back to the starting point of it all when everyone said, well, they had their chances. Yeah, it was early on in the game, but it's still matter. six points they got from an error that shouldn't have happened. No one should ever get seven tackles in a game. Yeah. If it didn't happen and they lose, it's fine. But yeah. the, the problem is, regardless of how you put it, and you can't tell North Queensland to move on because yeah. they did get robbed and everyone's saying, oh, it happened, so forget about it. Can't forget about it. And if I'm Matt no. Chechen or Henry Perrineau, we're waiting for the decision to be handed down this afternoon. I don't, I don't think they're going to have a job. Well, I heard Ray Hadley this morning and so. um, Alan Jones and you know the Grill team and Big Sports Breakfast. They were all pretty unanimous saying that he can't referee another game this year. No, and uh, I just I, I, I'm not a massive fan of Chechen. I think he's he's arrogant. He doesn't communicate yeah. well with the players. He just seems to be in his own little world when he's out there. But who, who had the count when it was on? Well, they've both got to be accountable for I don't that. I'm not sure, I'm not who, sure was... who... Danny, well, that's something for Daniel Anderson to answer. Who was the control referee who at the is, time, though? Well, I don't know whether the control referee is responsible for 
counting the tackles. It might be the ruck guy. No, the ruck guy's know. usually in there just telling, like, you know, keeping an eye on it. It's usually the man who's keeping the 10. So yeah, well, I, I didn't see on the TV who was You see control. some of those and they flip during a set, you know, like in a change of possession. And I, I know it was off a kick and uh, obviously the, the Sharks picked it up. It was only a few metres out from their own line mm. um, and ended up marching down the field. But, yeah, difficult one for, for Cowboys fans to cop and... Um, if, I, if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be absolutely ropeable, filthy. It's happened two years in a row. Last year's one, I think, was worse. Well, they ended like, up getting four in hand. Like, that was they ended up blatant. getting blown away in that game. Mm. So the, like, uh, that's more probably... Makes when, it better. Yeah, well, that's kind of what we'll get at on the day. You know, if, if, you, if you've been bloodbathed, I'm still not saying it's right. No, it's they, not. They flipped about it after but they seen can't it. can't about the result. No, but something yeah. like that can hurt your confidence. But the weekend... When there's two points in it, I don't care how the game would have gone or everyone's saying that they had their chances. It yeah. happened early. It cost them the end. So if it played out fairly and they lost, I'm fine with it. But if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm still rotten. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, as we alluded to earlier, you said about your highlight and your low light. Obviously, we always kick off with the fast five. So uh, you've got those two out of the way. I'll chuck mine out there. My high was easily the Roosters manly game. I just thought that was an absolute war. Yeah, it was a cracker. My low... I thought the double header was just a good idea. I liked it. There was a... Pretty big crowd in there, you know. People yeah, saying, "Oh, there won't be a big crowd there." Plenty of Sharks fans, and they should be applauded. Yeah, got to that game, but I still think you kind of take away from four sets of you know teams that were trying to get into that stadium. As soon as the Sharks hang around, you've blocked off you know a number of Roosters fans that probably could have come to the game. No, they should have fans. So, and on top of that, what's the use of having a home game? Sharks didn't get a home game. Well, they still and, got you home. Know, home in terms of it's it's in their city. Oh, I, don't, I don't have a big deal like. The, the field's exactly the same. Roosters lose the, you know, the advantage of having the ground themselves and having their own no. kind of setup as well. I, I, I like it. It was sort of a carnival feel. Um, I like the idea of having it like that. It's not. It's not always about. It's you know the game's bigger than the players yeah, and, the, and the coaches. And, um, but I, I think most of the fans embraced it. I thought it was a good idea. I still and think crowd numbers were pretty poor. It's though. funny how people say, "Oh, we should have double headers," and then as soon as they put one on, people whinge about them. Mm. That annoys me as well. You know? Double, like, not for, but for final for a final, like I said, if they're supposed to be this team's getting home final, they're getting home final. They still kind of ruin the point of that. It's no different every year when Manly used to qualify for one, and every time they say we want to play at Brookvale, they go, "No, you can't." So what's the point of that? Well, Brookvale is a shithole. Well, it's a small ground, but if you've earned home right, you got to play there. As far as I'm concerned, I think I think week one, week one needs to be you've earned the right. But then again, exactly. now so, with this new finals format. If you said, well, week two we're going to regional centres or whatever, what happens to the Sharks then? If say, or say Manly, Manly obviously finished what third? Yeah. Manly finished third. They don't get a home semi. They have to go and play the Roosters. If you said then week two that there's no home ground advantage, they have to play at the SFS again. They don't actually get a home final. No, they don't. But they never, like I said, even when they were dominant. Finishing those positions previously, I still think that if they're going to say you get a home final, well, they need to get home. I think the top four should. I don't think the bottom four should. Yeah, well, that's the way this format works now. If you're in maybe, those two maybe spots, the double header, maybe the the uh, the first game of the double header then maybe should have been what well, was still a lower end elimination game, I guess. Maybe the the double header should have been the elimination games, and they said the top four games you you're at your home stadium. But then again, it still would have been an alliance because Roosters were one of the top four sides yeah. with a home game, but. Um, I'd I'd be all for the bottom four teams I, who qualify in the eight not getting an advantage because but the, and the top four having a 
a bigger advantage. I'd be all for that. Yeah, but I'm just a bit more like oh, obviously I'm a bit more on the rooster side of things. They won the minor premiership. They didn't get the prime time game. Yeah. The Rabbitohs lost them last week. Got Friday night. Got prime time. Got to play. Yeah, but home. they knew that. They, they knew got it that all with, to themselves. Um, so the week before, they knew that they play on the Friday if they got beat the Roosters. Well, still, I still think the way it kind of worked out that they, you know, they, they were the numero. And who's to say that they wouldn't have moved the game from Friday to Saturday anyway and have both of them at Allianz? I'm just saying, when they come out and said they feel like everything's kind of going in the favour of the Rabbitohs, I'd probably agree they got the, the good end of the deal. Conspiracy they got the standalone, they got the night time. Look, right, in the end, the Roosters Melbourne, got the result. And no so no offence, that is a good game, but I think, you imagine if you put Manly... Well, we weren't complaining because we went out to the... Yeah, well, we I'm, I'm fine with it because I'm Melbourne's Rabbitohs player. Storm game. But I still think that Friday night, Manly Roosters probably would have attracted more than when we were there. You know, as, as do I, when we go to Melbourne games in Sydney, there's no Melbourne people. No, not it really. was twenty something thousand South fans. That's it. Yeah. So you would have been. I think Friday night would have been better served. That awesome game. But also think Friday nights don't attract bigger crowds because obviously people are still at work and um, yeah. you know Friday afternoons when you go out and have a couple of sherbets and and do all that sort of stuff. It was only that you know I finished work early and you you were off on Friday that that made it logistically fairly easy for us to get there. But mm. if if we saw a drop of rain, we wouldn't have gone. No. But, um, um, and we're we're avid fans of the game, so can understand the people that aren't as rugby league mad as what we are, um, you know, for their lack of enthusiasm to get out to games, especially on a Friday night. Yeah, well, we've got our high and our lows pretty much the same there, but uh, what about your best player? Uh, best player? Well, you stumped me here. I've just gone off on a tangent. Well, I'm going to jump um, in before you and well, say Isaac Luke. Yeah, he was good. Um, I thought the Roosters' defence, um, that was the best uh, you know, aspect I had down. I couldn't really pick out a player. Isaac Luke was great. He carved Melbourne up through the middle. Like two. And the Knights. Jared Mullen was my yeah, other one. Yeah, kicking game um, and his control. He was good. I thought um, Darius Boyd was all right in that game. I uh, just think their back line's ridiculous. All yeah. of them made over 100 again. Tyron Roberts is underrated as well, isn't he? I told you at the start of the year that I thought that Mullen would have been, oh, well, even I'll still say it again now for all the Gidley lovers out there, if you tell them, eh, that you'd have him over Tyron Roberts, you should bang you out on the table. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know they can move him to Hooker Where next year. Where does he fit next year? Hooker? Hooker, because Badiris is gone. Uh, they don't have one. He's not a specialist, but is he? I'd be nah. a bit worried about that. But I've said from the start of the year, I, I told that Mullen, this was his last chance in my eyes, and now I'm hearing today there's going to be a five-year deal for him to be a night for life. He's more than proven me wrong. Uh, he's been up there. Yeah, in, yeah, but for one year. Yeah, for I know. One year. But he's been up in all the right categories with all the top halves this year. So yeah. as far as uh, answering, you know, the critics and... Being the next Joey Johns, no one was ever going to be the next Joey Johns. No. It's a hard act to follow, but this year he's been, you know, a top flight NRL half. Yeah, he has been, mate. So. And uh, I like him. I, I liked him. I thought probably uh, the New South Wales origin setup busted Jared Mullen for a few years there yeah. because they took him in, and, and same as Peter Wallace. You look at those two, they were um, heirs to the throne as such. They, they were probably hailed to be the, the halves for New South Wales for several years. They probably got there a little bit earlier than what they should, and look at them now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Mullins actually kicked on. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Wallace next year at Penrith. But yeah, well, um, what about your worst player? No, I just had the dogs. The Sims. dogs. I had the dogs, but I had hey, Justin O'Neill. Justin, he, he stinks. Bad, he yeah. stinks, man. He he's, he's in such bad form. His confidence is out the window. It's really affecting Melbourne. And I was the biggest one to get rid of Mahir Manua, but I think he's served his time now. I'd be giving him an opportunity this week down in Melbourne against the Knights. I'd be bringing him back in, and I'd be punting Justin O'Neill because he was. Justin O'Neill was awful the week yeah, before. They've both got the same problem, though. They're rocks or diamonds. Because yeah. Justin O'Neill the week before set up both the tries. Yeah, but confidence-wise, I look at O'Neill, and I think your confidence is shot. And I think Manu- uh, Maher Fonua. Manua 
I keep on calling him Manure. But yeah, Fanua, I think he's had that much time out. He might be thinking, Christ, I want to crack, you know, I can have a little bit of enthusiasm. Um, If I was coaching Melbourne, O'Neill would be out, Fanua would be in. What about Waka? Do you think Waka will play? It was a pretty. You just brought up another issue though, because if he's well, out, doesn't play, if he's he's out, out, we don't have anyone else. Yeah. So it's not a choice. Yeah. So they're probably going to end up having to play both of them. But well, uh, like I said, Justin O'Neill and him are both rocks and diamonds. The but other one here will me. drop you a couple of air balls. You drop something dummy if you do something dumb. Uh, O'Neill do what he did last week: spring action, set up two of the draws, and have a great game. Then he'll have a game like the other night where he juggles it and does everything. So either way, I'm not comfortable on either side, but I'd still prefer Justin O'Neill. The other, uh, the other low light were the two Melbourne disallowed tries. Jesus yeah. Christ, they were terrible. Wanga, I don't know how Shane Hayne said held up mm. because his body was clearly on the ground. Well, this is there was I, no South player under him, and the other is, one was just. This is benefit the doubt now. The other one, I agree. No. Nah, th- well, I agree with the you. The ball had to be on the ground. One blade of grass touched that ball. Yeah, well, I'm, I've I'm got pro- no. That, that comes back to Shane. I've got no you, idea how they changed that, change that rule. There's no benefit the doubt to the attacking team now. So if what we saw, yeah, but that's one where I don't think it. Yeah, no, either way, they're it not going to affect it. Was gonna give it they're not going to give it anymore. They couldn't yeah. see any of it, which that's is bullshit. The, the camera. But that's how it is. So I'm not going to complain about that one. But the, the second one, ridiculous. The Billy Slater disallowed try, and obviously I rang Triple M on the way home while we're driving back about. Two instances involving Bryce and Goodwin. First of all, everyone that I've heard over the weekend, Andrew Johns, Brad Fittler, Gordon Tallis, all the players agree pretty much the same thing, that he, Will Chambers got up to contest the ball, yeah. and Bryce and Goodwin's gone in and done a good job kind of interfering, which has led to it. You know, He kind of nudged Merritt because he was cut from under. And then, obviously, the one that burned me was the penalty in the first half where he clearly obstructed him there. Yeah, he pushed him over, but he was in the way, and then he made the effort... Even, even with the assist of Bryce and Goodwin, Nathan Merritt couldn't even get moving, got dragged 10 metres back in the goal and then got, you know, the penalty went against But did I miss something? So. Did I miss a memo that went out? Or did I miss a rule change? Because last yeah. year they used to penalise blokes for doing that. And this year it's running rampant. Every side does it. Yeah, well, Mark Gasnier summed it up and said, Girdler, if, if, or Brad Fittler said it too, if anyone wants to learn how to do the blocker and get away with it, Bryce and Goodwin had it down pat yeah. the other night because... Uh, nothing went their way, but I still think Melbourne probably lose that game. They were very yeah, they were sloppy, but we'll, we'll get to that later on. But that's obviously going through uh, the fast five as far as discussions or topics or question out of the week. Well, the, the refs is obviously the big one. Uh, is Carney done for the year? I just said before about Mullen. You know, would you give him a five-year deal off one year's form, no. depending on how much money? And then obviously now we've got talk uh, after the Ricky Stewart situation. Obviously, he's gone to Canberra today. Deal's done that Jared Hayne may be on his way to the Dogs for estimated $1 million a year. Okay. So, uh, Wayne Beaver said he's got nothing to say today. That's his manager, and we won't know until he comes back from New Zealand. But if uh, he's coming out and saying something like that, there may be a discussion coming up. Oh, I think we heard it, well, I know I heard it probably eight weeks ago mm. um, that, my, uh, that Hayne was talking to the Dogs. and well, The Dogs wanted him before. I didn't know whether it was, you know, you hear, the, you hear stuff like that all the time. But Well, they have money because they prepared 900000 for Falau and then they've got rid of Barber. So they've got well, they money. Need a fullback. They've got money ready to go. Mm. Wouldn't that be a flip? That's like, um, yeah, that's like going from South to the Roosters or Roosters to South, mm. going from the Eels to the Dogs. And obviously it's that yeah, the Eels took all those uh, dogs players in the you know late 90s there they took Smith and Dimmick and all those guys so there is a history of players flipping and flopping between those two but um, you know they're obviously very uh, there's a rivalry there an intense rivalry and I'd, I'd love to see you know Jared Hayne versus Parramatta 
mm. next season, uh, well, if it does come f- to fruition. Like I said, it's all going to come down to uh, when he gets back and has a chat to Wayne Beavis. But for now, that's uh, the intro and the Fast Five done, so we'll review these finals matches from the weekend. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and Legends. Jumping into the reviews of the finals matches from the weekend, starting Friday night with the Melbourne Storm versus South Sydney at ANZ. They obviously went down 20 to 10 and uh, faced a long way around the mountain. Now they're going to have to play Newcastle this week at home and win three games uh, to get the job done for back-to-back titles. But uh, in the end, it was pretty much an even game. The Storm made a few more errors and they did have the the two no tries go against them. So uh, that, that's each to their own. Everyone's got a different opinion, but I have to give Souths. A fair bit of credit, especially Isaac Luke, somebody who at the start of the year we were hearing wasn't in Coach Maguire's plans, which absolutely dumbfounded me, but he absolutely killed the ruck the other night and he set up the win. Yeah, he did. Uh, he started the year awfully, Isaac Luke. Um, but for me, Justin O'Neill, like Melbourne had all the ball down on South's line for probably the first five to you know six minutes and uh, South managed to turn them away with some good goal line D and also I thought Melbourne's attack the whole night looked unorganised. Um, it looks sideways, they, they couldn't execute. Um, and O'Neill just spills a simple one, South go over, and from that point on, you just felt the momentum in that game change. Um, South got a little bit of belief, and uh, you know they ended up leading 14-0 at half-time. Um, and Melbourne, nothing just nothing stuck for Melbourne on the night. There was obviously one player, uh, Widop had people whinging, saying they should have kept Finch. For anyone that actually paid attention, Finch wasn't available, so yeah. for every person that's been whinging and bitching a moan about that, that's just stupid because he's probably going to be out for the rest of the year. Yeah, similar injury to uh, Nigel Plum, the sternovicular joint. Got no idea what the bloody hell it is. So I don't know how he uh, got that injury. He need to get tackled. Yeah, well so. that too. But he, he's probably gone. But we I said it during the week. It worries. He's underdone. Yeah, but he's play, he played 40 minutes, and everyone was going. He's going to come back and save us. He hasn't played for 10 weeks. He's had he's a bad injury. Yeah. When you're in the rhythm of the season, as anyone knows at the start of the year, you get into a rhythm, uh, you get your timing down, you get your decisions down. Everything, when you get going and you've got momentum, like he did before he dislocated the hip, he was outstanding. But mm. you don't just find that first game back. And the other night in particular, there was one there where they had two players go through the same hole and somehow he couldn't figure out how to get the ball to either of them. That's how big the hole was. And he threw a dummy and got tackled a metre out from the line. I put some of it down to that, but I just I didn't think he had his greatest game either. No, um, I'm happy that he survived. He'll be fine. Another week of training um, and another game this weekend. I think uh, they match up well against the Knights. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about Gareth Widdop. Yeah, well, I, the He's same a quality player. Uh, well, obviously, we've got the two no tries we spoke of, and I, I, I wasn't happy with the call of uh, Will Chambers getting down there, being blocked somewhat by Bryson Goodwin. He still got around him, got merit, dragged him 10 metres back in the end goal. If, like, if he could have put any more effort in to make that play happen, I still don't understand how that turned out to be a penalty. But... Well, you know what? Like Slater's first try, I could have almost been okay with that being disallowed, more so than the second try. Yes. Where they had that guy run through, Inglis got taken out. I've seen them disallowed this year. Yeah, but gee, I milked that. For oh, I know he did, worth. but I, but I mean, I've, I'd be probably more okay with that because at least he was actually impeded. I didn't think 
that's a jump for the ball. What do you do? Blokes mm. are going to collide. Yeah, um, well, it's not ball. again though. He got chopped under. Yeah, I, I don't so. understand how they how they managed to disallow it, especially when the call on field was try. Yeah, well, that's the one that got me. I, O'Neill to me jumped for the ball, and we're watching it now. Yes. I, O'Neill jumped for the ball. It was Will Chambers? He was uh, sorry. Uh, Chambers jumped for the ball. He was clipped. He was cl- clearly going for the ball until he got um, clipped by Bryson Goodwin, who was blocking him illegally. Um, and then his his mindset went to self preservation, which is fair enough, especially when you see what happened to yeah, Sissel well, later you, in the you, game. You, you redraw, you withdraw, withdraw your arms when you're about to go over, and uh, it's clear in there. Like Nathan Merritt only got Nathan Merritt only got one bloody hand to it anyway. Nah, he he, he didn't. He, it was a crap jump from Merritt. He jumped too early as well. One hand onto his melon. In no way was he impeded by well, um, Chambers. You've already heard, like I said over the weekend, the difference between what two or three officials had to say and Bill Harrigan and obviously the game officials and then what every ex-player's had to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you tell us, John's everyone, everyone can't believe that it wasn't a try. I'm with them. Like I said, you look at the contest, Merritt barely had a dig at it whatsoever. Bryson Goodwin's <sighs> gone under him. They let it go, so. It's just a liar. And later on, like, I wonder, though, Farrell copped uh, a pretty bad knot last time, accidentally being, you know, bumped in a contest and he copped the knee, but uh, is he got a case to answer, do you reckon? Who was that, mate? Sorry, Dylan I'm... Farrell, after he's just wiped out CC. Yeah. Okay, I don't look at it and think he's purposely tried to go under and cut him, but he has put him in a pretty awkward uh, position. There's no doubt yeah, about we're that. We're watching the replay again now. I, it's a hard one because I don't think there was intent in it. No, um, well, that's what I'm pretty much getting at. But it's, yeah. I don't know, but, but then again, if he breaks his neck... Yeah, well, that's... If, of course he'd have we're, a case. We're back to where we are again, though. But supposedly... Well, I think he does have a case, Dan. Supposedly he's got a bulging disc in his neck. Uh, they don't, they're do not they not sure yet whether he's going to play or not. But he was cleared of anything serious, obviously, after spending a fair bit of time on the turf there. But um, he, Has he been charged? Not that I know of. He, he should have a case to answer because it's the same as spear-tuckling someone. He was in the air. Um, as a result of your actions um, and the actions of Dylan Farrell in this case... He's ended up on his head. When you look at that replay, he's actually almost grabbed him earlier. You know, the ball hasn't quite got to his hands yet, and he's only made a little effort on his legs. But when no, I think he made a decent effort to wipe his legs. But out. when you're up in the air, you, you can't touch blokes in the air. And this is a ridiculous one where they say that if it's an attacking player, and in this case it is, he's he's free for all. Yeah, well, you're allowed to take him out. That's ridiculous. But like I said, he hits him before he gets the clean grab on the ball in the first place. But he knows exactly why he's in the air. Yeah. But like I said, he's hit him before oh, he's man. got a chance to go at the ball. It's going to take someone to end up in a wheelchair and then people will finally look at it and take it seriously. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's fairly ordinary. Mm. Uh, and I, I think he should be charged. But Well, then again, you say, like, Maria Hargreaves got charged last week and suspended. I think that's, yeah, well, that's as bad. I've already know? gone back to what I said about how Sam Burgess can knee, push Jared in the face, then I gouge someone and get nothing. Uh, Jared lifts his bumper once because he's been there. Sam Burgess has been there a couple of times this year. I don't that know was how, the same thing. That's the same thing. That's an accident. I don't Jared Weir got suspended you, for an accident. That's an accident. That. So, yeah, but, yeah, I think you should have a case to answer. The two no tries, like I said, I'm, I'm all right with the first Waka one. I'm not really okay with the Slater one. It uh, could have been 14-12. I think we'll deny it a bit well, of a contest. I think both of them should have been tries. Isaac Luke grabs one after that. Chambers got one late. It was 20-10. Walker obviously spilled on his head. But at the end of the end of the day, like I said, I don't, I'm not saying the Storm would have won. They were very repetitive. Uh, they put themselves in bad positions. No, they, they were crap. They played overs and very sideways. I thought Cronk and Smith were both pretty quiet. Like Billy, 
Billy was pretty good. Mm. Um, he was involved. They did a good job on him in kick chases. Waka, before he got turned into a javelin, was super busy at the dummy half, as was uh, Will Chambers. But I think next week it's, it comes down to the forward pack and Cronk and Smith need to take more control. Yeah. But uh, as far as uh, Souths were concerned, can't take anything away from Isaac Luke. Scored a try, uh, set one up. He had over 100 metres and 40 tackles. He had an epic game. And I uh, thought... The big boppers that played off him and Sam and George Burgess and even Jeff Lima against uh, his old club. He All those big up. boppers got in there. And But Isaac Luke was the guiding light. I know Inglis had his one little moment there and everyone patted him on the back, but I thought he was quiet. Mm. And uh, Reynolds and Sutton, same deal. I'd pretty much put this victory purely down to Isaac Luke. Yep. But moving on from that, that uh, Storm are home this week against Newcastle. Uh, I do see Newcastle as a threat. They've almost got us twice this year. There seems to be something about them. Similar to the Warriors, uh, they're a team that we tend to struggle with. But uh, I don't. If Melbourne can't get the job done here, if Melbourne click at home. Good luck after bad form the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's going to save them, but mm. I'll stick by what I've been saying. I still think they needed a rest in the last round or at some point during the year, and he didn't give them one. So I hope it doesn't come back to bottom in the ass because at the moment they still look pretty flat. They might have a long rest after this weekend. Yeah, very long rest. But uh, Saturday kicked off the double header: Sharks twenty to eighteen over the Cowboys. Uh, it was a very exciting end-to-end loose game of football, but uh, another incident in the mm. Cowboys finals mm. game on the same date. A year later, first it was the four and touch. This time it was the seven tackles set. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, it really did ruin a good game of football. It was a cracker. It did finish 28-18, but there were six points on that scoreboard that shouldn't happen. God knows how the game would have run its course if that call didn't go their way in the seventh minute to get them that opportunity to run the extra play to score. But uh, it's gone now, so what, what, do we, what do we do? Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, Matt Check and, and Henry, Henry Perrineau shouldn't referee another game this year mm. um, as far as I'm concerned well there's less games now anyway so at least I don't care got I, I, I wouldn't care if they were the, the number one referee pairing in the game you you can't make that sort of a blunder um, and you know and co- uh, and referee again and it was so early in the game it was only bloody uh, seven minutes into the game I know a lot of Sydney people and we're obviously Sydney boys have been blown up today about what Jonathan Thurston said but you've got to put yourself I, I, I don't mind what he said oh well how furious would you be though you don't understand that's you know that's their livelihood that's their job they're obviously very passionate in particular you're talking about a bloke that's uh, you know close to the number one player in the game if not uh, how do you want him to feel that's mm. happened to him twice now yeah. and uh, Matty Bowen as well a victim of that he's the one I felt bad for the end of the day his career has come to an end off a, a terrible decision like that we didn't like I said didn't get to really see a proper 80 minutes played out because that changed the course of everything so early on but there's a uh, petition petition up in North Queensland to get a replay but yeah well how, how's that going to happen won't happen it's not going to happen but obviously it started off in the third minute very early on so Saifek he dropped the ball Buzz Lightyear Buzz got the old inside ball Brent Tate went it was over. a nice little scrum play I liked it yeah it was good but yeah it only took a couple of minutes for that seven tackle incident to happen they get yeah. back six all uh, they grabbed the penalty goal laid on from a stupid John Morris rake which got him to 8-6 and you know, it didn't take long again. This was, like we said, a very end-end loose game. Michael Gordon, who had an absolute cracker. It was a great try. Uh, busted the line and dished it off to Ben Pomeroy to crash over. And, you know, we went into half-time 12-8. But second half, Todd Carney went to the well one too many times trying that long pass on his left edge. And Wayne Alugia took one to the bank 90 metres well, the other he, way. Um, he threw the same pass two plays earlier. Mm. And, and like you said, they almost uh, ended up over the sideline. And then he's... <laughs> 
If you want to keep drinking from the same well. Yeah, but if it's working, I can sort of understand it, but it wasn't working in the first place. Yeah, but you can't just keep posting it. He posted up a few times. He uh, got him back to 12 all. Well, it's under the kid, too, because he, he didn't have a great game up until that point, but he really turned the game in the Cowboys' well, favour. And... What about the try that he was denied, where he almost had his eye torn out of his head by Chris yeah. on its four fingers? I know he was rolling over and had his face closed, so he, God knows what he was grabbing at, but it still didn't look too good in the slow-mo right. after he just brought the ball, but... A little bit of karma, I suppose, came back. Jonathan Thurston put in a poor kick and Gallon spilt the beans and Tamalolo picks it up. Jesus Christ, that's like watching a, a baby rhino who can dance. He stepped around everyone and ran <laughs> over the top of everything. The baby rhino dropped it. And, you know, the bubble yeah, rhino yeah. picked it up and scored. 18-12, you know, 60th minute, though. Again, as soon as they got an advantage, the Cowboys, their defence was pretty poor. We highlighted this. Some of their forwards, tackle tech, yeah. absolutely disgusting. James, James Tamalolo, Tama. all hands are... I think Joel Reith Mullo looked today. Usually the, the Dallas Johnson, he had a bad game. He missed eight tackles. Mm. A very poor in the middle. Sharks are big in the middle, but aren't they? Oh, yeah, I know, but like still. They've got some quicker, bigger back rowers. They've, got, know, the, they've got the Australian front row. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you think you'd be doing a bit better. But what didn't take too long, again, uh, Louis pokes his nose through the line, gives it to Gordon, who feeds the Tagatese, who You know, he was actually had a few decent contributions in the game. That got them back 18-16. 72nd minute, they jam in the Cowboys and the miracle pass from Robson lands in Fecky's lap, jumps over. You're thinking it's game over, but as you always see in rugby league, there's a bit of controversy, almost on full time. Matty Bowen to the baby rhino again, Tarmalolo. Well, what about Winnerstein's line break? Off the scrum. Outstanding. It was a cracker. But the whole finish, but, you know. Maybe. Uh, Karma didn't come one more time and serve the Cowboys any favours because Kane Lynette jumped and he stuck a foot out and... He let you know he knew straight, straight away because he, he, he bent over and everyone else was excited, but Kane Lynette knew that he blew it. So um, Johnny Morris got a new contract during the week. Good effort by him to get over there and put in that last little bit of effort just to make sure. But I really think that Lynette's dive was pretty poor from some of the finishes he's seen this year. You usually find that when you're going to go into that corner, you've got to get your legs up in the air nice and high and kind of go in head first, get your arms reached out in front. And he's kind of done a half-assed one and... Uh, the foot's touched well, the that's, paint. Well, that is a great play from John Morris. It is. That's play of the week. That dive in the end, like I said, a bit of a half-assed dive, that uh, that was the difference. Mm. And uh, I'm still not going to agree with anyone. Like I said, oh, I'm not going to cop that oh, yeah, it happened early on, but it could have been a completely different game. Who knows? They could have got bloodbathed if it never happened. Why didn't Matt Checken just point to the spot? <laughs> I told <laughs> you. point to the spot, man. I told you second half, I would have been looking for a square up if I was them. But, yeah. I mean, uh, I said to you at halftime in the game when... You know, obviously, with about five minutes to go, they, Channel 9 flashed up the, you know, the Sharks' first try was off a seventh tackle. You know, I said to you, if I'm Neil Henry, and um, there's no point whinging about it after the game because it's all done and dusted. I would have been knocking on the referee's door at half-time, having Get a spit. Yeah. yeah. See if you can't get a couple of cheap penalties. You never know. Yeah, well, the Sharks have uh, obviously got a lot of players back in that game. Two of them are already in doubt again. Andrew Fafita got a medial ligament strain to go along with his calf injury. That's so. going to be a really interesting game because yeah, well. Manly have just been in a bash fest with um, with the Roosters. Oh, big and we're time. about to cover that now. And but, I mean, the Sharks are... Uh, but you've also got to take into account Carney again. He was bloody swearing and out, carrying on yeah. and taping himself in the 70th minute. <laughs> so he wasn't too happy, but... Uh, he almost said today to Lara Pitt that he needs a miracle to play. Andrew Fafita, like I said, calf in a medial ligament. I'd be very surprised. Townsend will come up, but... Yeah, I think they'll push Fafita to play, but if he's got a medial and a calf problem, he's in ACL territory right there. When you've yeah. got multiple problems with one leg, you're asking for a big injury. So yeah. I know they probably want to win, but if he's in doubt, I really wouldn't be pushing it too far. If you yeah. damage an asset like that, look what he's turned into this year. 
oh, there's no way I'd be risking that if I was the Sharks. But uh, it is football. You do need to win games, and they do want to progress. But uh, it's going to be interesting. They're, they're going to be missing Brett Stewart still. I don't know if anyone else was in doubt, but it, it will be a battle. They, they are two sides that love to play a bit of thug football, so I'm looking forward to watching Manly play against the Sharks. Yeah, it's going to be, it'll be a real... Um you know, clash of styles um, mm. in the fact that they've both got a very similar style. But at the end of the day, in this one for the Cowboys, thought uh, Gavin Cooper, he's uh, Jonathan Thurston's go-to man. He was pretty good. Mm. 40 tackles, 120 metres. Tamalolo, for his limited time on the field, he, he killed it. He had 10 tackle busts yeah, and great. a try, 140 metres. And Jonathan Thurston, I just want to give a rap defensively because some of those forwards, some of their tackling was disgusting. But he was excellent. He cleaned up just about everything. He, was he had no gas, but so um, the game plan from the Sharks worked. Well, he's fifth tackle options were pretty poor but how much defence he did I'm not surprised that he was struggling to compose himself but uh, I think the Sharks can almost single handedly thank Michael Gordon he set up two of the tries he absolutely cut them to pieces Gallon has always pumped up his stats 180 and 30 tackles (laughs) Robson I thought was pretty good considering Carney was a bit busted but uh, yeah at the end of the day their season's over Uh, the Cowboys and the petition may be going and all the, the theories may be there and the conspiracy theories but and it's mm. another one gone, and it's uh, sad to see Matty Bowen in his career that way. But yeah, moving on to the other one, Saturday night. Uh, this one, I don't know what else you need to say, really, besides it was a war. Roosters 4, yeah. Manly nil. There was uh, lots of try-scoring opportunities. Uh, you know, the Manly back line had ultimate amount of space. David Williams got put through the line three times. Daly Cherry Evans dropped one of the opportunities, and, you know, it only took Roosters one opportunity. You can't pass by David Williams. No, well, the Roosters only had one chance, and they took it. Yeah, little grab a kick for Maloney and Sheck converted it in the 10th minute and then it was just 70 minutes of all-out war. No one could get over the paint. Plenty of people got stopped just before the line. Yeah, plenty, plenty of people got busted. Mm, well, Richie Fayo, so he busted himself by uh, going <laughs> going in head first. You can't tackle like a rhino. I think Richie. you've got to realise that uh, you've got to use your arms and your shoulder and mm. find your target. But uh, Dylan Napa, the executioner, he's been taking everyone back <laughs> this year. He's taking another one down. Yeah, he's got another one. So he's doing good, the young bloke. But there weren't many highlights attacking wars. But if you're a purist and uh, you know love your uh, rugby league, tough and um, willing, it was certainly that. And um, at stages, it was it was ugly and end to end. But this is just it was an enjoying game to watch. This enjoyable is, game to watch. This is plain and simple though. That that was pure rugby league. That was finals football at its best. There yeah, was, it was opportunities. Great. No one gave an inch. Uh, everything that looked like it was going to be a try, an opportunity for a try, was turned on its head. Yeah. Uh, Hiku cleaned up a few blokes on the way in. Tupa had a couple of chances. Anytime the Roosters got near, it was much the same. Uh, they were dragged into touch, repeat sets, held up, you name it. Anything that even looked like it was going to break open the game, these blokes just went tooth and nail. And You know, the Roosters, you've got to look at this right now, and I wrote this down just before we kicked in here. They lost the penalty count 12-5. They had three line breaks against them. They got none. They had 11 offloads against them. They only got three. And Manly had 1,800 metres to 1,100. But their defence, again, that's the sixth time they've held a team scoreless this year. I'm going to keep saying it. It's going to bite them. Nah. Mate, if they... can't keep doing it. If they can do that against Manly, I don't care what anyone says. They've Um, they've proven it all year. And then... I look at it and I think there was one, Kieran Foran got held up. And then Matty Bellin didn't make touch. And that's I the roosters. On. The roosters were there. To, well, it's only four nil. Yeah. It's only one try. I know it's only one try, but look at um, all the advantages of despite it. They had seven more yeah, penalties. But, they had all the line breaks. They had more offloads. They had all the extra meters. Yeah. They had forty-eight sets to forty. They but had you, you know yourself, you can't you can't rely on that. I know, but they had optimal opportunity, and they backed their defense again. It mm. didn't matter how much crap went against them, even if it was partly 
self-inflicted. They're just a tough, gritty side. And I and I, I put up on Facebook on Sunday morning that they just keep proving me wrong. I, yeah. I'm waiting for it to catch up with them, and I hope it doesn't. Well, we had our, um, like I said, we've, we had our talk all year about Souths or Roosters, and I'm still with it. The well, Roosters. Yeah, well, well, still I, I said Souths, you said Roosters. I'm still with the Roosters. I think it's, that might be the grand final, the way that we're looking at things. But, um, uh, I, I, just, I, I don't yeah. think, if you look at how the draw's fallen now, um, you know, the Roosters will either play Melbourne or Newcastle. Um, I think the Roosters will fancy their chance either way there. Yeah, well, Melbourne aren't playing great footy. Depending on what Melbourne do this weekend, they might come come out and turn it all around. Uh, but even in Sydney, at Allianz, they're going to fancy their chances against against the Storm. Um, and then you look at the other side, South, uh, they've had, they tend to have the wood on Manly a little yeah, bit, well, and I think they'll fancy themselves against the Sharks. I think we both probably agree that the Sharks are going to struggle to win this weekend. Well, I've already told you, um, my preference in the start was to not play the Roosters if I'm a Melbourne fan. Yeah. I think if we were on their side of the draw, which we wouldn't have been if we got the job done, that I would have been more confident. But at the moment, I'm not resigned to the fact. Well, I predict. who do you predict as your grand final? I said South Melbourne, so I'm still oh, a chance. I think I had South Cowboys, but the Cowboys bloody yeah. did what they did and somehow found a way in. But yeah, they, you liked the Roosters at the start of the year as well. I so. did, and I said um, I, only, I only picked them sevens, but I clearly remember my prediction saying that with everything I'm seeing on paper, if it does click, it wouldn't surprise me if they're on the top four. Yeah. And uh, it ended up happening. I, early on, after a couple of rounds, I got on board and said I thought they were a contender. I stick with it the whole way. I know discipline is a big part of rugby league, but these guys just have zero care factor for anyone. They stick together. They don't fall apart. I know they could cost them grand final. They could be the last hurdle. They could fall at it. But if they make the grand final, it, it yeah. would not surprise me. It well, my, my me. thing has been that I, I don't think they can win the competition while they're doing that, while they're giving away that much of an advantage to other sides. But they just keep winning. So well, they proved you can't way. knock them. They copped it all the week before from South. They've done it against Manly now. For me, like I said, I don't well, where know. Does, now, Manly are one here that could sneak under the radar. And if yeah, I look at the performance of the Roosters and then I look at the performance of South, I was more impressed with the Roosters than what I was with South. Because mm. I thought Melbourne were awful. Yeah, Melbourne were ordinary. Um, and you, you look at Manly, Manly. And Manly could have easily won this game. Yeah, but Manly, Manly are in this situation again where, you know, kind of similar deal. Brett Stewart... Struggle with the hamstring. I think Hiku is more than enough of a replacement. I said to you, there's no way. He's, he's awesome. I much, think he's better than Stewart. I've said it before. As much as they all love Stewart, how they come to the conclusion that giving him a four-year deal worth 700k a year was a smart idea. Having personally had my knees done, and you find out when you have them done, you get hip problems, hamstring problems. Uh, it all comes with the territory of having an injury around that area. Everything has to compensate. So, uh, But 2.8 million over four years for a bloke like that, and they get Hiku on the charm. I absolutely love Peter Hickey and uh, all these health issues that just keep continuing for Brett Stewart. So yeah. I really hope they haven't done themselves a disservice by tying this much money up into him. But I look at him having a problem. Anthony Watmau, he played pretty well on the weekend, but he's still got a knee issue. Fayoso has carried himself. Bureau come back early from the rib problem. I still think they're a bit thin uh, as far as squad depth. Yeah, but they beat the Sharks this week. Oh, I think they beat the Sharks. And then, yeah, but then what I'm saying is where would you After then that, ma- ma- I, rank Manly? I don't see him beating Seahawks, not, okay. with, not with so many busted players. The best thing about well, it's the finally it's the the two best first squad. time I've ever been convinced of Manly flying under the radar because no one's talking about no, it this week. I know, but the two best squads I, I think depth wise that have shown all year that they can deal with problems are the Roosters and Souths. Mm. Yeah, but I'd rather a horse just lose a Group One than mm. flog someone in a Group Two. Do you know what I mean? Enough. I just think that that was a, a higher quality game. The South Manly are uh, the. Um, Roosters Manly game it than was. what the other game was. So, but um, the Roosters... the fallout of that, and then whether they can back that up for three weeks is going to be the telling 
um, factor for me. Well, I still, I still think, but mainly fans don't lose any uh, solace um, out of that. That was that was good performance. As, as much as it may all be conspiracy theory and whatnot, to me right now, it's almost a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Souths and Roosters because I think the two only two sides that can beat them are the two we spoke of. Melbourne, Melbourne didn't rest any of their players. They've gone the long way around the mountain and now they've got the hard job. Yeah. And then I look at Manly and same deal. They've got a few of their key players are busted. I think that them and Melbourne this year both found some scrappy players that have done a pretty good job, but compared to your Roosters and your Souths, they're the two more superior squads, I think, depth-wise. They haven't had as harsh a year. They've had players go in and out and have rest at different occasions. Sonny Bill's had a break. Jared's obviously had a break after a couple of suspensions. Um, Martin Kennedy's gone in and out. Luke O'Donnell's gone in and out. All these guys have gone in and out, and they've still got the job done. Much the same with Souths. Mm. They had their little low without Inglis. Burgess has been suspended a few times, but... Uh, those two squads, they get the week off. They both play tough. I think they're in a great position to finish off whoever they face next week. But um, Manly and Melbourne, you can't write either of them off. I think they both win this week, but the week after, God knows what happens. But if the Sharks can turn this into a grind and Manly fall into the trap, who knows what could happen. It's going to be a, either a very vicious thug game in the middle, or I think if Manly were smart, they'd do exactly what we said the Cowboys should have done and get at their two centres because they're clearly superior in the back line. Yeah, yeah. But the fallout from this game... Uh, you know, what are you, like I said, who are you supposed to give credit to? I think Hiku was probably best on ground in a yeah. losing side. Um, you know, I thought Jamie Lyon for the, in the back line there, everyone only had a couple of tackles each. He had 22, so they, they gave him a fair bit of traffic probably to wear him out and attack. But, uh, you know, he withstood all that. Watmau, back from that knee injury, was pretty good. And, uh, you know, for the Roosters, well, I think Tupo, he had made 10 busts, did a lot of dirty work. Sonny Bill. But there's, there's no one that really stood out. This was a war by all. A lot of bravery showing. You look at a bloke like Sam Moa, second minute, dislocated his kneecap, he come back out and got involved again. So I, I, the only thing I can say is you have to credit all 26 players that were on the field and the players off the bench. Everyone that was involved, rugby league was the real winner. That was just an yeah, epic good. game. And yeah. if, if you want anything to highlight that round, uh, that, that game was truly, well and truly the best game of the round. But Sunday you move on to the Knights. This one a pretty poor game. 22-6 yeah. over the Dogs. Uh, I said it to you. Uh, the week before when we talked about why and uh, I stick by it there's more than meets the eye you haven't been told all the information the Bulldogs are clearly not the unit they were Cassiano last year was clean as well involved this year he's had a shit attitude he's been grubby he's been lazy yeah but we need to go back to the start of the year all the rumour and innuendo about what happened but Pritchard not a happy team he's been injured and lazy when he's been back Tony Williams has been an absolute waste of money I think probably the only real positive is that we finally got to see Hodkinson come in and prove he was good. That he last year, I think he's the difference between them winning the comp. If he was healthy, he probably he'd for probably most of the year and got closer. a chance. But Keating, you know, was there last year. But I look at that Lafay and a couple of small bits and pieces. But overall, Des Hasler didn't really change anything. They had the exact same game plan for the size of that side. They play overs way too much. They're too sideways even yesterday. Yeah. And I just don't get it. What worked we've last noticed year, that. We probably commented on that on the podcast for the last three or four weeks, how lateral they've been in their attack. Yeah, well, the only two blokes that go forward, are, are out of the, and they're the smaller two in the forward pack, is Graham and Tolman. Mm. They I go thought, forward. But, and I didn't think they were both uh, real good either yesterday. But they don't, so. they don't have the punch that those big boppers do. No, they, they Like Tony Williams yesterday, he's ball playing to a small bloke next to him. Yeah. Run the footy. Frank yeah. Pritchard had a few carries early on, but he's been injured and in and out and up and down all year. So, and no different to Cassiano. Yeah, he just he gave away a couple of dumb penalties. One which gave uh, you know a couple of the penalty goals that pushed that buffer out. But I don't think any more could have gone their way. They had all the pressure on for probably the first twenty minutes. They got one try off a kick, so that shows again you know they couldn't score 
through uh, their own attack. Josh Reynolds, I thought, tried pretty hard, but didn't really get too much support. But after that 20-minute period there, Boyd scores straight away, and then they put a kick up. Mitch Brown watches it, and Uwada, he snatches it, before you know it, uh, they've had only two opportunities, Newcastle, and they're up 12-6. So yeah. that just shows the difference in attack. Cassiano, like I said, gave away that dumb penalty. Uh, Reynolds took an intercept, runs the other way. It turns into a sin bin because Michael Ennis jumps out, bumps into Houston. And that period right there, you say, okay, here's your free here's your free pass back in. Yeah. For 10 minutes, though, they dished up absolutely zilch. Uh, Jared Mullen, I have to give credit here, and Tyron Roberts, they're kicking game. They, caught, they actually got a couple of repeat sets. And they- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What do you think of the sim bidding? I don't agree with it, to be honest. Mm. I didn't think uh, he really did too much wrong. He's a ruck player. He's trying to get back in behind the ruck. I know it looks like he impeded him, but Michael Ennis would have been smart enough to to hear him coming or see him coming. Well, I think he deserved to go to the sim bin, but I, I think don't. 10 minutes is too long. Yeah, well, I think that's the perfect scenario for a five-minute sim bin. We're, we're at this point again, but out of all the other ones that have been bin the last few weeks, he did nothing anywhere near as bad as what any of those blokes did. No, I agree. I just don't, I don't see how you... You uh, rank them side by side and say that they're worth the same penalty. It's yeah, it's really, I think that's a perfect one for a five minute sin bin. But, uh, you look at the sin bin though, like I said, straight after it didn't affect the Knights. They had their opportunity. Barber hurts his ankle. I know you could look at that and say it's a turning point, but he wasn't really involved in the game. No, but once he's again, been, he's another one this year. Terrible with all these problems. He's heading off. Like I said, I think there's more than meets the eye of this situation. Oh, but, definitely. And and he he said in an interview a few weeks ago mm. that once he left, he he let everyone know the de- finer details of this, but he said there are people in this team that don't like me, that don't talk to me. Yeah, well. And that's that's a toxic, cancerous environment, and we all know, um, for anyone that's been involved at a decent level of sport or Doesn't um, work. Any, any level of sport, family life, anything, if, if there's cancer there... Well, Paul Kemp described it a couple of weeks ago the best way, that the two toxic. most loyal kind of groups of people he's probably ever seen, uh, number one, would be soldiers, and not for, yeah. the, for the right reasons. They yeah. leave their families, they go away, they've got to protect each other but you look at a football environment especially a club environment like that and I no one you know like I moved to Canberra you live with those blokes it doesn't take long to you know form almost like a family bond you do come together you spend ridiculous amounts of time together you share your lives uh, on a daily basis together Yeah. if there is somebody that is a cancer in that environment you've hit it right on the head it doesn't work No. you can't look at them in the gym you can't not uh, conversate with everybody, mingle at training, spend time at the gym, hotels, travel, and then trust somebody on a field. Yeah, uh, when you know everything revolves. Well, especially around when the group. coach is asking you to do things for them, and and vice versa, it just doesn't work when yeah. you won't you won't give each other basic respect. No, it's, um, um, yeah, you know, well, and I think also what's what's gone under the radar a little bit is the fact that um, Todd Greenberg left. I think uh, we've heard you know different things, and I know that I heard that Des Hasler wanted to punt. Barber mm. at the start of the year did that fracture did that get out did that fracture the playing group did that put Hasler offside with Barber it's just all these sorts of things you don't need them in, in what's already um, an environment where it's so competitive one 1% off and, and you're out of the eight yeah, well, um, and I mean the Bulldogs were so good last year but it just proves that regardless of what your roster is it, it, 
it's more than just having a good roster. Yeah, a good coach, a good CEO. You need, yeah, the environment needs to be good. The relationships within the team need to be good, and they, clearly this year the Bulldogs were Gus Gould, well below their Gus best. Gus Gould spoke about the other night, and you can see the difference in the top sides like Melbourne, Souths, Manly. Not only are they do they have good football players, they have a good environment. They're mm. genuinely friends. They come together on a higher level than some of the other teams have. And you yeah. know, you only got to look at the Tigers and a few other teams like that. Parramatta with their situations. Uh, these bigger sides, uh, you know, they put self-inflicted grog bands. They have card nights. They do all these little extra bits and pieces, which, uh, you know, they only seem small. But yeah. in the game of rugby league, they bring you closer together. You play better football. Everything works better yeah. the tighter the unit are. And all those sides, like Melbourne, it's easy. You know, they've had that, that core three for a while, but it's a family unit. Souths have done a very good job of it too. The Roosters, obviously, this year have uh, been fairly well galvanised. And anybody knows how manly work. Manly, I think, out of everyone... As far as publicly, uh, probably the most tight-knit group of all. Yeah. I know they've had a lot of players move on, but all these teams that have been dominant over the last couple of years, or generally, uh, you know, they do have that environment. Yeah. They're, they're a band of brothers. They will literally bleed for each other or fight for each other. So uh, the Bulldogs definitely didn't have that link this year. Uh, we talk about the sin bin. After that, there wasn't too much to speak of. Uh, Knights kicking game. Their pressure in defence was superb. I think this is the most Wayne Bennett-like influence in the performance we've seen, and it's come at the right time. Uh, they got a couple extra penalty goals again from bad discipline, ground their way out, and then Smith crashed over from soft defence down. 22-6 to six is what it finished. And for the Dogs, I said it at the start, I think Tolman and Graham, probably their two most consistent in this game, but they just lack the punch that those other big guys have, and I think they've really let them down this year, the big boppers. And uh, Morris, he tried hard again. Reynolds tried hard, but Newcastle Knights, their back line just blows me away. Dane Gay guy had over 200 metres. Leilua and Uwade both had 140 uh, Mullen, like I said, he controlled things. Tyron Roberts, you've said it earlier, doesn't get enough credit. And then the old heads, Smith, Mason, Scott, paired up with two young gun back, uh, back rowers in McKinnon and Rocco. They ground out the win. They really laid you know, the, the platform of defence and they didn't make any errors. So. Well, I'm going to throw one out there. I think based on what I saw from Melbourne Friday night and then based on what I saw from Newcastle yesterday, I think if you put them against each other, Newcastle win yesterday. So mm. I think Melbourne are the ones that have got some improving to do this week. Melbourne right now... Like I said, I'm, I'm throwing. Like it's the biggest thing where everyone, when we say on the page, that everyone has a photo of them in their Manly jersey or their Rabbitohs jersey, and their influence or their opinion is always favoured. And I think I've done a pretty good job this year, or being pretty straightforward in saying that you well, know Melbourne, Melbourne are not up to scratch at the moment. Melbourne aren't winning the comp, mm. and I, I'd still stick by what I said a couple of weeks ago as well. They needed to rest their players at some point. Yeah, they haven't. And I think it's going to cost them. I really don't think they can win the comp mm. because if they get through this week. They've, like I said, they're going the long way around the mountain. They haven't had that break. And then you get the Roosters, who are going to be fresh. Jared's going to be back. Sonny Bill's had a break. Uh, you know, They've got a loaded side. Mm. Unless there's I, some... I, I get the feeling that the Roosters might not have... The week off, Roosters probably don't want it. Like they had that, oh, such I a think, great win I think they over, do. I no, think they, they had they a great do. win over Seas, all that momentum. They Boom, they carried into such a an epic game with Manly. Yeah, but look at um, what the war... Sort of lose a little Do you think bit. you would have wanted to play after that? Sonny Bill and a lot of them come out after and said, thank God we do have the week off. Yeah. So I think Manly, yeah. you know, they may be feeling it, but at least... But I mean, how many injuries did the Roosters get out of that game? Well, there's a couple of niggles, so I'd rather well, have I mean, that week. Yeah. We learn ourselves, you know, at the club footy this year, getting that week off, and we got a couple of injuries in that semi, sometimes can do you yeah. the world of good. There was two or three players we may have not have had, but... Similar situation here. A couple of them got bashed the other night. They're going to be much better off and well-rested compared to going to war again the long way around the mountain. It's like a hard one to manage as a coach, so. having two weeks off. It's a, it's a difficult one. So um, Interesting two weeks for Robinson. 
Mm. Well, that sums up uh, the reviews of these finals games. The Dogs are out of the competition. The Cowboys are out of the competition. The Roosters and Souths will have a week's break. And uh, on the flip side of that, Manly and the Seagulls, one of these sides will win, and they await their opponents, the Rabbitohs. And Melbourne will verse Newcastle. The Roosters are awaiting one of them. So we're getting very, very close to that end of the year where we're going to find out who's going to win the NRL Premiership. But uh, for now, I'll move on to our Degenerate Gambler section brought to you by Centibet. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com All right, Degenerate Gambler section brought to you by Centibet. Get the Centibet app on your mobile and fire up. Two free $100 bets to give away every week and also our $100 charity bet. Uh, I don't know what happened last weekend. I forgot what our charity bet was. We have the Cowboys. So we were denied by uh, Kane Linnett's foot and a seventh try tackle. The week before, we got rolled by a 40-metre field goal from Cooper Cronk. So we're in a bit of a lean patch this week. Uh, this week's charity bet, we're going to go... We're going all in. We're going Manly and Melbourne, both head-to-head into a multi $1.85, that'll get us over the $1,000 mark, and then we get two weeks to go reckless. Mm. I, I don't, I'm happy with it, but they're both paying short odds. I would rather just go 3.30 on Newcastle yeah, and have a stab. So no. We've gone there. All well and good. Hopefully it's just a win, put something uh, back in the kitty, because the last two weeks we have been... I burned. think the top four have been clearly the better sides all year, and I expect them to come through this weekend, and the top four fight it out for the last two weeks. Mm. Um, but Friday night kicks us off. Manly versus Cronulla um, at... Allianz Stadium, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's at Allianz. Allianz. Um, Manly $1.35. The Sharks, three twenty-five. The line is 8.5 to the Sharkies at $1.91. Thanks for coming. Mm. What are your thoughts? Uh, like I said, they've both been uh, beaten up, probably Manly more so than the Sharks, but the Sharks are probably going to be missing Todd Carney, and he's probably their most important. Is it as simple as that? Carney plays, Sharks are a chance, well, Carney doesn't, Manly when even he comes look, Even look at the Cowboys game the other way without Carney. Robson's solid, but Carney's the X factor the other day. Uh, he was there. He limped around a little bit. I know he wasn't absolutely outstanding, but it's almost like that whole Darren Lockyer, Petro Sivanasiva type mindset. You see Todd Carney, you feel a lot yeah. better in the dressing room. You're happier with him on the field. Plus, you know, they got back Paul Gallon, Wade Graham, Bakuya, Tupo. They got back a whole heap of players so on the Carney's weekend. So if Carney's out, what happens? Do you move Graham to six or do you bring Townsend I bring Townsend in. I can't put Graham back at six. Graham's too good in the back row. Yep. Uh, you know, he's, he's moved away from that now. You can't just throw somebody back in and out of there. He's too big to be playing 5-8. Okay. Uh, so Man- Manly may not have Stewart, but I think Manly showed well, last week. Awesome. Yeah, but Manly showed last week in a game like that. If they're that close uh, in a game with the Roosters, they should be better than the Sharks. I, I'd be pretty comfortable backing Manly to cover the start, put it that way. I think Manly win by 12. Mm, I think it'd be close. I think 1-12, to 12, Manly. They've been in a war. I think two tries. If, Whether that's 8 points, 10 points, 12 points, I think around that I still bracket. stick by what I said earlier in the review that the Sharks, to me, have the worst centre pairing in the comp or close to yeah, with terrible. Jonathan Wright and Ben Pomeroy. Uh, they've got the best back line potentially in the comp, Manly, so... I'm going well, to Jamie left Lyon. in this competition now. With the final team, 16 Jamie left. Lyon and Matt Eye all day. Yeah, against all, the, probably the worst. Yeah, I'm just going there all day, yeah, though. Exactly. I'm laying a couple of quick punches in the middle, and then I'm getting straight to the edges. All righty, Saturday night, Melbourne Storm take on the Newcastle Knights. Melbourne, $1.38. Newcastle, $3.10. The line is, again, 8.5 to Newcastle at $1.91. I'm, I'm, 8.5 is probably not bad for Newcastle. I'll probably take that. I'm legitimately worried. 
about the way we've been playing. Mm-hmm. And everyone will say they're at home and they're going to lift up, but uh, all the things I've been whinging about, no rest, uh, you know, poor form the last couple of weeks, looks very repetitive. The Widop thing, you know I, know, I know a week is a long time in rugby league, but he didn't impress me last week. It's going to take a big turnaround again. They need to play, you know, tenfold better if they're going to survive because Newcastle the last few weeks showed some good signs, but if anything on Sunday, like I said, the most Wayne Bennett-like performance uh, up to his standards as far as defence uh, good kick pressure and just grinding out a game. Mm. So if Melbourne aren't on their game, they will be gone this week. I don't care if they're at home. Yeah. They need to turn it around big time. Right, let's have a look at the Premier's market. South Sydney and the Sydney Roosters, they're $3.15. Joint equal favourites now to take out the Premiership. Melbourne, uh, uh, third elect at $5. Fourth elect is Manly at 6 And then you go to $15 for Newcastle, $19 for the Sharks. So um, any that take your eye there, I, I mean... the. $5 at Melbourne and, and the $6 at Manly look all right because they're just proven performers this time of the year. You know, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them make the grand final. Mm, I still um, think. Like whether they can win it or not, it's a different story. But for me, I, I think $3.15 is still pretty good odds for South or um, South or the uh, the Roosters to win the comp. I mean, if you had 100 on both of them and one of them wins a the comp, you're still up 100. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to get at. If they're both paying that kind of value, I'd still be looking at one of those two. Mm. If you want to have a lash on one of the outsiders, that's fine, but uh, I think the weak rest will do both of them some good. Like I said, Melbourne are going the long way around the mountain, mainly carrying some injuries, so mm. it's uh, it's not a given yet, but in my eyes, I'm still looking at mainly in the, uh, the, the Roosters' Rabbitohs grand final. It looks like it's a very, very likely possibility. Sorry, Jonathan Thurston. And remember, the centre bet uh, special for the finals. If your team leads at half-time but then gets beat, uh, you get a refund. Mm. So, happy days. And as we always say, if you want to have a bet on the sport, whether it be the NRL or any sport, make sure NFL, you do it. Like yeah, I did this morning. NFL's back on. But make Falcons. sure Boom. you do your betting with centrebet.com. And uh, if you want to get the Cenobet app on your mobile phone, that's uh, your best bet. They're the best in mobile betting, so get with Cenobet and fire up. You're a bit of a fiend. Mm. You like the 20s? I do Penrith, like 20s. How good are the pen- Penrith looking in the 20s? Odds here, Cenobet's got them at $1.95 to win the competition. Yeah, well, they're the best side in the competition on paper, but we all see how 20s can be sometimes. Yeah. On the weekend... $4, I think they're, they're decent value. Yeah, but... Canberra, $9. I know you don't mind Canberra. Nah, that's not bad odds. But nah, they've got injuries now. I think they're pretty much done. So who do you like in the 20s? I like Penrith. If yeah. Penrith lose, Penrith should virtually all just give themselves a triple. Okay. They got James Rods for Christ's sake. He's yeah. played first grade. But who who knocks them off if someone knocks them off? Canterbury? Canterbury probably yeah, knock them off. $4. But the Tigers were a good side last year. They've still got Brooks and a couple other blokes. But They're eight dollars. Nathan Brown on the weekend, uh, he got injured. They had another front row, Fugitasi, who they've only just re-signed for two years for first grade squad. He's been injured, so they're going to be carrying some uh, bumps and bruises into next week. So I, I don't know how they're going to handle that. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to go a dark option. The Tigers would be my outsider, yep. but you know Penrith are easily the most likely, and Canterbury probably second most likely. Canberra did win the minor premiership, but uh, injuries are a concern at the moment. So unless they got all their troops back on deck, I think Penrith are almost certain he's to win that one. But uh, that, that's the generic gamblers section brought to you by Centerbet.com. We're going to have a chat now to everybody's favourite, Mr. Gossip. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And 
we are joined now by Mr. Gossip, and uh, he's already let us know before the segment kicked off that he has retaken the lead in the tipping comp. <laughs> you thought I was dead and buried, boys? Well, I was last, so I've never thought anything. I've just been battling away on my own. Still you know? a long way to go, my friend. <laughs> Still a long way to go. Uh, uh, I, know, I know we used to do it at the end, but how, how, what's, the, what's the points? Do we know? Yeah, yeah. you're up by one. Renewed vitality. I always do it. You're one one twenty four. You got three correct, even though. And really, I, I want to appeal. I want to appeal to Kangaroo Court of the Tipping Comp that I think the Sharks v Cowboys game should be a no result. <laughs> so I do feel I do feel for the Cowboys. I so do. really, you should be one behind. But anyway, you can thank the referees for that. You should be even if that result went your way, but. Yeah, he's going to wow. take it because Brock, Brock only he got one, I got two, and you got three. So I'm on one nineteen. Brock's on one twenty three. You're on one twenty four. So as usual, I'm completely done, dusted, gone. No, you just go the upset in every game. Yeah, well, I hope it comes through. It's uh, it's going to be the normal. I'm going to make first tip and I'm going to go last. But yeah, I'm pretty much telling you I'm going the opposite. So uh, other than that, mate, what's uh, what's in the pipeline this week? Well, I guess that uh, a lot of talk around this week should be about Parramatta and uh, with all the ins and outs there. Now, their uh, chairman came out today, Steve Sharp, and he put to bed rumours that Jared Hayne is on the outer. Now, I'm hearing Jared Hayne is talking with Canterbury and also the Raiders. Now, very strange that Steve Sharp would come out and reassure Eels fans that he's going to stay next year, um, Hayne. I mean, I don't think Hayne would would even think about saying well they don't even know who the coach is going to be yet so to reassure fans that he's staying is a bit silly mm. yeah fair enough I uh, I think I tipped you onto this about a month ago that this was in the pipeline so yeah well I didn't know I you hear a lot of different things but yeah it's something I did hear, hear probably um, four to six weeks ago and uh, yeah well, now it's the uh, the rumours are getting stronger and stronger but uh, just push a wait and see, but no, I don't think they're going to announce anything while the finals are still on. So no, they won't. Um, and as far as Canterbury, I, I wouldn't blame him for leaving. To be honest, I um, we put something up on the page today, just asking Parramatta fans whether they're happy to see him leave, or and vice versa, are the Dogs fans happy to have him um, come across? And uh, I think Jared Hayne will give the the Bulldogs a lot more than what Ben Barber. Or did definitely this year, but I think he's got an added dimension to Barber's game, that's for sure. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see him play in a if his attitude's a right and he contributes. Well, I think he's, his attitude's been fine this year. I think he's played good footy this year. No, mm. well, for me, I, this is not the first time the Bulldogs have gone after him. Though. They went after him last time. He was off contract pretty hard, so uh, no surprises that with the situation they're going there again. And I'm the same as you. I'm waiting to see. I, I highly doubt he'll go to Canberra. There's no way he's going to Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, guys, if, if, if it was you, would you rather Jared Hayne or Kevin Locke? Hayne. Or a Bulldog? Hayne. Oh, I'd, I'd say Hayne, but at the same time, uh, if Kevin Locke's coming at only 300, I'd rather pay that than pay 800 or a million for Hayne. Yeah, you'd think Kevin Locke would come a little bit cheaper. Kevin Locke comes with that speed dimension. You pretty easily take that role of Ben Barber. He's a pretty sharp player. Behind that massive pack, it'd be a very Kiwi dominant side, too. And Kevin Locke, obviously. In his management are quite nervous with Sam Tonkins, the deal about to be done probably this week, I'm hearing. So, mm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Kevin Locke goes as well. I'm sure he's not going to want to play for the Volkers for the rest of his career. Well, that's another one I think North Queensland should have got their nose around to. Uh, you know, Locke and Kurt, he's all right, but I still think that Locke, Gardner, these kind of players, they're all in that mould of a Matty Bowen as far as the speed is concerned. So, Yeah. Yeah, mm. uh, that's fair enough. 
Uh, Anthony Milford, guys, we've touched on this uh, for the past couple of weeks now. We already know we want to have his camera and he's keen to go back up to Queensland. I'm hearing that the Broncos are a little bit nervous now. They've paid a lot of overs for Benny Barber and paid compensation for Benny Barber. They can't quite offer Milford what he wants. So Milford and his team, they're looking at uh, the Queensland Reds rugby union at the moment. Whether whether it's serious or not, but I know there has been discussions there. Um, be very interesting to see what turns out of that one. Yeah, they all do that now, but don't they? Like the player managers yeah. play, yeah, play yeah. each other off against each other and see how much money they can get. That's nothing new. All I know is that if He'd I'm be mad to go to rugby, wouldn't he? If, if I'm Brisbane, though, I want him more than I want Barber. Easily, yeah. I want Milford ten well, you'd times. You think they'd have the coin to get both of them, wouldn't you? Well, I think like they would. Lockyer. They got rid of Wallace. Wallace yeah. was taken up four hundred. You think they could give him at least both five hundred k each? They push Prince out. Yeah, and well, it, wasn't I, I know they're paying compensation for Barber, but they reckon they only picked up his old deal of three hundred a year. So, like this compensation must be leaving a fair, well, yeah, exactly. uh, bit That's of a, a dent point. if they're fucking only paying the same amount of money. Mm. And I, I don't know how much they paid Martin Kennedy, but for Christ's sake, if they got rid of Wallace on four hundred, and uh, you know you've, you've shed a couple others, sure they can try and squeeze in both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you think they have a lot of third party left around as well? Yeah, got, well, they're, they're they've got no halves. They're Queensland. And they're, they're, they're always in the green. Them and the, the Bulldogs make more money than anybody, so surely they've got something they can do. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd be uh, really shocked if he didn't end up at the Broncos. Mm. As, as I said, they're a little bit nervous. Yeah, a lot of teams, they like to have their roster locked and done uh, before November, and um, you know, we're almost in October already now. We're halfway through September, so... Especially with the fact the predicament they're in as well, like they haven't had a really successful season, they're struggling for marquee players, so that probably um, is a reason to be nervous. You know, if, if he slips through their fingers, he's, um, he's going to the World Cup, so they better get it sorted out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, guys, Newcastle see uh, Matt Gidley um, very keen to uh, lock Jared Mullen away at the club of the Knights. I know his manager Steve um, Gillis is um, very, very keen to have him there for the next five years. So they're trying to talk deals at the moment. Um, well, he's playing pretty good well at the moment. Uh, probably the best that he's played for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I gave him a fair bit of a shellacking at the start of the year for us uh, in terms of, you know, that he needed to have a good year, a more consistent year, because he's been sitting there and it's been, he's the next Andrew Johns, he's the next Andrew Johns, blah, blah, blah. That, that's always an unfair comparison. Same as Tyron Roberts has come out this year and said, you can't expect me to be Andrew Johns. I'm not Andrew Johns, but uh, I think this has easily been the best year of football that Jared Mullins played. He's been a lot more stable. He's done what he's needed to do. He's built pressure and he's kicking games uh, tenfold. It's up there with the best in the comp. But uh, a five-year deal? Um, no, five-year deal. Five years is no, too long. No. I think I think all these deals have proved so far. Anytime you sign somebody in a long-term deal, something seems to go wrong. Canberra's your best case in point. Campese almost wins the Dalian medal. They throw him uh, half a million at the time at that smaller salary cap, and the bloke only ended up playing one of the seasons out of that half a million. Mm. So, well, you, you look know. at what happened with Prince. Like they signed him, Gold Coast signed him, peak of his powers, and then by the end of the third year of that deal, they're trying to push him, um, push him out, so... Um, is he off contract at the end of this year? Yes, he is. Okay, so we're looking at next year. Yeah, uh, where else is he going to go? He's, he's not going to. He's not going to leave. You wouldn't think no, he's not going to leave. No. So, I, I, mate, I wouldn't be giving him a five-year deal. I'd be giving him three at most, and I, I definitely wouldn't be paying him elite dollar. That's for sure. Especially not uh, for the fact that he's played, you know, seventy-five percent of this season at his at his best footy. He needs to say that for a couple of years, but. Depends how much cap room they've got. It depends on a whole whole heap of things, but 
I wouldn't be pulling the trigger too early on him. Because well, um, we've seen the difference between his best and his worst. Yeah, well, I mean, as you said, start of the start of the season, you're both well, humming and ahhing about Mullen, and now he's um, the bee's knee. So mm. they're trying to, you know, they're trying to get the signature done. The AFAP while he's in good form, and you can't blame him for doing that. Yeah, no, yeah. Fair. But we should all learn, and every club should bloody learn that one season never makes a player. Every time yeah. someone well, seems to Barber. throw cash, it's at him, and then this year he's oh, well, he didn't get signed for big dollar. Though. He was already locked in on a deal. But no, but I mean, you know, all these goes to show all you these players that do have a good right. last year, and the club folds at the knees and begs to these prices. The next year they're back down the rung because they've got a contract. They're safe. They're not working for any. So right. if I was them, I'd be trying to bait him in to get him. Locked into around that twenty nine thirty bracket when that next deal expires. So that last deal, you know, you're not maybe doing that. What Brock said about Prince, you're not holding on to a bloke with big money that you're trying to push out the door. I think you five can... years in this day and age is ridiculous. It's more than half a player's career. Well, really. after the end of next year, that'll take him to to thirty two, and we're not including injuries or anything else. Well, so. tell me, let's rattle off some players that you would give a five year deal to. There's not many that I would. No, there's not many. You're, no. you're, you're right. You're right. Three years would be my maximum. Any of that's pushing it. Yeah, exactly. Unless they're uh, uh, sort of an under-20s player. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll find anyone for five years. Yeah, you, and that's not going to be elite money, so it's not really going to hurt you. Um, no. And that's the problem. Look, like, look at the situation Penrith were in this time last year where they had Lewis, Gordon, um, you know, all these guys on elite money, and you can't keep them all, Jennings. And they hadn't really played two back-to-back consistent seasons, probably apart from Lewis. So, yeah, as Louis said, you should learn from what other clubs have done, and five-year deals in, in general terms just hasn't worked for anyone, really. No, just paying anyone off their one good year yeah. has never worked out in anyone's favour. You can't strike the They say strike the iron when it's hot, but if you've had three-year deal and you play your best football in the last year, it's very obvious that your contract's up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the sheer lack of depth as far as halves go, I think a lot of coaches now sort of just try and lock, lock them away for as long as they can because there's not much out there, I'd yeah. say. Mm, fair enough. All right, guys. Now, North Queensland Cowboys, some good news for them. I know you boys in particular have been moaning all year about how they're lacking a number nine and you're spot on. Well, it looks like they're in the player market now and they're very close to signing the Dragons hooker, Cameron King. Um, what do you what do you boys take on Cameron King? I don't really think they're fixing the problem then. They're just buying another bit hooker. Uh, he was a bloke who played Australian schoolboys the same year I played twenties. He was a playing thirteen. He's not bad at a nine. Don't get me wrong. He's got a, a little more attack in him than uh, what Cost Jason can offer. There's no doubt about that. And probably Thompson, but. At the same time, they keep grabbing makeshift hookers, you know. You need a solid nine, a proper well, who nine. Who would you get? Who would you go out and get? Well, that's half the problem. You know, who's out in the market? I know next year there's a couple off contract. I think De Goyce and a couple like that that are off contract that you wouldn't have to pay too much to get. But yeah. I, I still don't see Cameron King starting or solving their problem. I thought Ray Thompson was the best out of all the hookers they've used, and even him, again, he's, he's a half. He's not a nine. Yeah, I, I tend yeah. to agree. But... I mean, they need to try something. So if Cameron King's didn't, one didn't, of the only ones out on the market, then I guess you've just got to go with what's available. I can't remember whether this happened or not. I thought it did, but I may be hallucinating. What happened to the Joel Romolo thing when I brought that up? Did they end up getting him, didn't they? He's a, he's yeah, they, they did have talks, so it's all gone south. So. Yeah, they found out what he's like off the field. Nah, mate. That's if, what happened. You, you, tell me, you, you tell me about all these other options, I'd have Joel no. Romolo over all of them. So that's just my opinion. I'd rather King than Romulo. He's a tough little bastard. He's a good nine. He wins man of the match every time he comes in. You know, I just like the anger. I'm, I'm all for it. But 
Cameron King is, is a solid player, but I still don't think it's going to solve the problem. No, it's a tough one. We're just saying that um, how rare it is for halves in the game, but geez, hookers are probably worse. Well, there's not many oh, mate, hookers coming through. They've got a thousand bit hookers now. They've got the Jaden Hodges. I'm pretty sure he's off to Manly, isn't he? But I think aren't we yeah. forgetting that we're forgetting that Ray Thompson was killing it there until Kate Snowden busted his jaw. Yeah, but look at all the other ones they've tried. They so, bought Scott Moore. He's over here for the sun, not the football. Anthony Mitchell's rubbish. You know, they've got Cross Jason. Well, I'd be keen to see how he goes again next year. I wouldn't be pulling the trigger on anyone big time. Hey, Ray yeah. Thompson was going well there. Anthony Mitchell, I'd be flicking. I'd be getting rid of him instantly. Scott Moore, I'd be flicking. I'd be holding on to Cross Jason. Because you can't flick him for if you've got no one to replace him. No, nah, but they've the still got five blokes. They're trying to jam into that one spot. You can't carry five of them and just keep rotating them. Well, you can if you don't have a solid one. No, well, I'd be pissing at least two of them off. Mitchell would be gone, and I'd be getting rid of Scott Moore because he hasn't played at all. I'd be keeping Cost Jason. Thompson, and if they're buying King, well, at least two of them can play a lot. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, lads, that um, Carmichael Hunt, Carmichael Hunt's name, <laughs> I nearly did a Rabzank, Jesus, Carmichael Hunt's name was brought up one of the AFL ski shows, and, and how bad they think he is going, and how he won't be uh, around in the AFL for much longer. Look, I, ca- I can tell you guys that Carmichael Hunt will start the AFL season next year with the Suns, but I wouldn't be all surprised if he if he pulls the pin early, just like Flower has done um, with the, the GWS. So look, I, I know that the Broncos are very keen on Carmichael Hunt, um, but yeah, he's, he's going to ask for a lot of money, and I don't know whether he's worth it to be honest. No, I agree. Just you went and had the big dollars, so stay where you are, mate. You want to come back, or you come back for less. Or you don't come back at all. You don't get to name a price after you've left to go to the AFL and you've got to be rebuilt. Same as the Flower situation. Oh, then you get all these do-gooders that say, oh, no, you know, we should be just pay them whatever they want to come back. No, that's the that's the reason why they bloody left in the first place, well, to go for more On cash. top of that, from a business perspective, though, you've got to rebuild him for a year. Same as Flower. You, they, you know, it worked out all right in Union because you can hide and they're playing him at fullback, so yeah. it's all good to be a bit leaner. But if he was going to come back, same as what Sonny Bill has this year, and he's said yeah. it himself, he's been bashed up. You need almost a year to rebuild a play into a rugby league shape. No, so. I think Sonny Bill and Falau are different. They're sort of they can adapt easier, but Carmichael, he's he's much thinner now than what he was when he was playing league. So, yeah, it's going to take a lot of time to build him back up. Yeah, well, twelve months is virtually burnt money. Mm. Yeah, well, there's not a whole lot of good news I can give Parramatta fans, and I'll touch on them very quickly. Um, their new signings for next year: Nathan Peets, Justin Hunt, um, Santini. Now, unfortunately, you guys are going to laugh, but they all do have get-out clauses uh, if Ricky Shield was not the coach. And that also includes um, Junior Poffo as well. So they're going to have a messy, messy off-season in the year. So they're going to coach in there pretty quickly. Nathan Peets and Justin Hunt, they've got nowhere to go anyway. So what are they going to do? They've both signed. I know someone would probably dish something up, but I doubt they're going to get the money they'd be getting. I don't know. Uh, Pete's in particular, I doubt he's going to get a massive offer to go anywhere. He's been playing cup football, uh, not because he's not a good player, but obviously, you know, he's kind of been pushed out there. They've got eyes out loot. They don't need another nine. Uh, hunting the same boat. He's killing it in New South Wales Cup. I'm sure someone would pick him up, but if he wants to play regular first grade, Parramatta's the place to be. And Brendan Sandy, he's part of the Tigers system. He's a hard worker. He's a, a pretty big boy for a 20s player, but he's in the same situation. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really see him getting a run in the NRL anywhere else besides Parra. This may be harsh, but I hardly think they signed there to be coached by Ricky Stewart. Yeah, they're that too. Um, yeah, I think these players or player managers, let's not say players, 
put all these little loopholes in their contracts yeah. just in case their player wants a release or is getting a better deal somewhere yeah, else. Exactly. It's not so much Ricky Stewart. It's just, let's just put the fucking clause in there so we can get out if we need to. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But, yeah, but if, I tell you what, if I was a club, I'd be um, building some steel balls and saying no to those kind of exactly. demands. Yeah, exactly right. But as long as they allow them, they can't complain about the uh, the ramifications of them. Yeah, well, that's right. Mm. Well, I know last week, Archie Lewis and I, we uh, discussed Tyron Smith, the manager of William Hopewadi, and what was going to go on there with the Parramatta deal. Now, apparently Tyron Smith uh, has come out and said, look, we're going to wait to see who will place Ricky Stewart before we'll commit to the uh, $1.7 million deal. You guys might know a little bit more than this than I do, actually. No, all I know is pretty much exactly the same, and you know it's it's more on exactly that. Ricky Stewart's obviously pulled out. Uh, they don't have a coach. He's in peak physical uh, peak physical condition is about the only thing I've heard up there. He's been training his ass off, and obviously with two years off, he was only a boy last time at age nineteen. So he's uh, physically better now as well. So all I know is if I'm Parramatta, I'm sweating on uh, getting somebody in, and for me, they're talking about. Uh, Jason Taylor and get or Brian Smith as a coaching director and all this other stuff. I don't know why you don't just go for Neil Henry. And people have come out and said that Neil Henry might want to take the job because it could end his career. Well, there's not many other jobs floating around, so I don't really think he has a choice. Well, it annoys me that players sign somewhere and then go, oh, oh, but he's not coaching there now, so I'm not going to go there. It just you sign the deal, so go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it used to be. It's not anymore. They just, I don't know. It annoys me. Just, um, you know, you thought it was a, a good enough contract to sign, you know, 18 months ago or whenever it was, two years ago. So um, it should be good enough now. You, the backflipping, um, again, and if he does backflip, what what happens to Parramatta? They're left with nothing. Yeah, that's right. And that's not fair. Oh, the NRL should bring in something to protect clubs because they you can't have that, especially in the predicament Parramatta are in. Um, yeah. And... You know, the way that Ricky Stewart's managed that situation and sort of weaseled his way out of the club, like, they're just, they're going to be left holding the bag with nothing in it. So, it's a really, as you said, it's going to be a tough off-season for, for the para. Yeah, it's all Darius Boyd's fault. Yeah, I'm happy to blame <laughs> Darius. <laughs> with his romance with Bennett, he started it all. Yeah. Yeah, all right, well, um, a little bit of good news for Paramount fans. I've just pulled this from my arse. Well, not, not really, but I thought I'd better give you some good news. It does look like they've got a main sponsor for next year with Fantastic Furniture. Fantastic Furniture were in, were in discussions with the Sharks, but that's all fallen over because of the Asada crap. So Pep at least you've got a main sponsor on your jersey, Paramount. So there you go. Good old peptides. It's still going on. The chaos just will not end. Well, no, I mean, if if you were a big corporate company, would you want to put your money behind the Sharks when you don't know what's going to happen? Oh, exactly. You can't do anything until you get the uh, final word, so it's pretty straightforward. They're not happy either, are they? They're, they're fighting those two clubs. They're a bit dirty with each other. Or the yeah. Sharks are dirty with the Eels, anyway. Yeah, they sort of pull the deal under their noses, so... Yeah, well, it's pretty it's straightforward again. They may be coming last, but they don't have a cloud like that hanging over their heads, so you do business with what you know is uh, good and clean. Alright, well, last one I got for the night, boys, is the Sharks. Now, their veteran hooker, Johnny Morris, has signed a one year extension with the club. Good old Johnny Morris, bit of a no frills sort of player, but look, he's been playing alright this year. Yeah, I still prefer the guys. 
And one year, that, oh. that's justified. After the tackle he made on the weekend, he probably deserves another contract. That was a cracker. Yeah, it was good. It was. But he, Scotty Sattler-like. Yeah. He's been a bit of a journeyman, old Johnny. It, mind you, if Lynette gets his feet up like he should have, that's a try. Yeah, he, he dogged, the, dogged the dive, old Lynette. I've loved him all year, but he broke my heart. Oh, he's way. just killed you. He, he needed to go in head first like all the good ones do so they can control their legs. And he's a giant 196-centimetre monster. He's just half I watched the replay. I, th- I would have thought, if I'm Lynette, I'm just running straight at John Morris. If I'm, I'm running straight over him. If I'm Lynette, I'm him as a speed I up. do exactly what I said the other night. I'm sticking my arms out, and I'm going head first, javelin style into the corner. Morris, a little midget, went for his legs as he went past him. Should have done the old Nathan Blacklight put-down where you do the forward roll. He would have got it in then. <laughs> NFL style, just get up. <laughs> But he just dogged at the big man. 196 centimetres. He didn't want to go base over apex. So. He gave it away too. Let you down, Kane. He, Killed my buzz, Lynette. Yeah. Killed my buzz. Yeah, we, yeah. we jumped off the couch. Yeah, we almost wrecked upstairs. Yeah. We almost wrecked upstairs and then it was a no try. Yeah. Bad times. Yeah, what, what would you have done if you were one of the referees knowing that you stuffed up? The we're I, up. I, we said that. We <laughs> said that earlier in the podcast. Just, we just said, I was it. like, nah, Matt checking. <laughs> boom, back on the spot. Blow it, try. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that. I was... Oh, I was actually coming back from the pub in the car. I thought, just blow and point to the spot, for Christ's yeah. sake. Yeah, just counterbalance it. You've made two mistakes, but they've cancelled each other out. The right result was given. Exactly. Uh, All right, well, if uh, that's everything that was in this week, uh, we've obviously only got two games to tip. Finals time, getting to the pointy end of the season. So kicking off Friday night at Allianz Stadium, the Eagles will be taking on the Sharks. Todd Carney. Not named Luke Lewis, named it six. No Chad Townsend in the lineup, and Brett Stewart supposedly playing for the Eagles. So who do we like here, Jens? Stewart won't play, and Chad Townsend will play. Uh, it doesn't matter who you name. No, it doesn't matter. I'm... It's all, you know, it's like on the weekend I said to you that they'd reshuffle the Bulldog side, and they did. So I, I think the coaches play games this time of the year, try and out bluff each other. I um, Manly will win. If Carney's not playing, Manly will win. Pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen Luke Lewis uh, a couple of times play 5-8 for Penrith and he was bloody useless. So. Mm. I think Manly will be uh, a little bit, you know, weary, a little bit bashed up after backing up from that um, big game. But I still don't think it's going to be enough to get the Sharks over the line, especially without Carney. So. Mm. And, and uh, they, they, they were great. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were great. I, I didn't think the Sharks were that great either. Um, no, I thought North Queensland, they kicked the ball dead a thousand times. And Cowboys D was poor, very mm. poor. They don't stick at all. But uh, uh, we've all gone the Eagles on that one. So the other game, Saturday night, that's Amy Park, the Melbourne Storm versus the Newcastle Knights. No changes for Newcastle. They're carrying a bit of momentum in Melbourne. He's named Brett Finch, 18th man. So don't know quite what's going to happen there. He's going to have to sum up this week whether he's healthy enough. And uh, if so, whether he wants to roll the dice and pull Widot back out. He, he won't play. Finch won't play. No, well, he's got the choice this week of no. both of them. So it's either whether he wants to roll the dice with Widop again no. or he wants pick, Finch. Pick Widop. Widop's your best option, even if he's at 50%. 50% he's better than Finch. Well, last um, week I thought he killed us, to be honest. Mm. This is a bit... This is a bit uh, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Uh, I'm going to tip Melbourne. It's down in Melbourne, obviously. You'd like to think they'll bounce back. But bloody hell, the Knights have got some momentum and... Momentum's a funny thing in finals footy. I don't know whether they can go all the way the Knights or even make the grand final, but I would not be surprised if they knock Melbourne off, especially if uh, Melbourne play anything like they did when, uh, on Friday night against the, the Rabbitohs. It was disappointing to see him play that lot, that bad in a finals game. I haven't seen him perform that poorly probably since they lost that preliminary final against the Warriors in 2011, but even in that game they weren't that bad. The Warriors were just pretty good, so mm. they were poorly performed on Friday night at Melbourne, but I'll stick with them. 
Tipper comps back to even. Well, I'm, I'm very, wow. very, very torn, but I'm going to do what I've done during the year, and this has always worked in my favour. Every time I tip against Melbourne, they absolutely kill whoever they play, so I'm going to tip Newcastle. Oh, you piece of crap. Mate, you can't tip against your team <laughs> mate, in a sudden death game. Mate, listen to every podcast this year. Mm. The four times I've gone against them, I've said the exact same thing, and every time they've bloodbathed somebody. Good, I hope they do. All right. They let me down last it's week. It's Australian. So I hope they're listening right it's now. It's like tipping New Zealand in, in a test match. It's like tipping the ponds and the ashes. Says the bloke who barely tipped the Titans this year. Yeah. Well, they are. They're rubbish. No, they're well, actually you rubbish. You still can't point the finger and say you've got I to can. keep tipping your team. I can, because I think Melbourne will smash Newcastle. Yeah, well, I yeah, I'm, I'm confident for the night. I am confident for Melbourne, but I think it'll be closer than what people think. I think a lot of people just think Melbourne are going to go down, uh, go back home and win. But... Yeah, I definitely don't see a bloodbath. There's no way. Uh, I Four stick, and a half Newcastle. I still stick exactly what I kept saying. He didn't give him a rest at all during the year. He was stupid to play him in the last game. They played 90 minutes. He's I think they're tired. He's in the Bellamy good. He's killed me. You've he, he got to rest them. They needed a rest. They're not fucking 20, in their 20s anymore. They're all 30 years old. Billy's just given them this week off training. Billy's playing with no PCL. Cameron Smith's yeah. played a couple of the worst games I've seen in the last few weeks. And Cronk last week was just a robot. They've had an eight-day turnaround. I would have given them four days off, five days off out of that. Train twice. In that time, they'll be fine. They're professional athletes, for Christ's sake. Yeah, well, do the job. Make Lewis happy. Let Lewis put another premiership jersey on his wall. Yeah, good. Do the J-O-B. Yeah, I've got a bit of Mueller on the night. And the only thing that concerns me is the extra two days yeah. that the Storm have got. Yeah, but Newcastle didn't really take and a beat And the fact down. that the Storm got pumped. Um, and they got rorted by the, the refs. So, um, bounce back factor, Melbourne. Boom. Yeah, it's Classic. Classic. <laughs> All right, well, like, there's only obviously, uh, there's, well, there's no difference between me and you, Gossip, but it doesn't matter because I can't catch anyone. But again, this will either make or break you two. Oh, mate, I'm happy yeah, to own beautiful. it. I'm owning it. If there's separation here of two points with three games to go on, you're gone. That's good. You're definitely yeah. gone, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, if I get, if I... Uh, this is, this is if the Melbourne week. get beat, I'm happy to go down with Melbourne losing. But this is the week. This is the week now. Okay. This cool. is this is going to make or break. Until I just tip two against him next week and just really throw up Caroline's <laughs> pigeons. Looking forward to it. This, this is going to go uh, down. But, uh, as always, mate, thanks a lot for the inside word, and we'll have a chat to you next week. Enjoy the footy. Fantastic. Gather night. See you, no, friend. Mate. Bye. See you, mate. Bye. If you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, get onto Centibet and fire up. Download the Centibet app and get into the centre of the action. Or get onto www.centibet.com and register now. Or call 1-800-013-627 for all your inquiries. Centibet, fire up. Well, that's the end of the podcast, guys. Only six teams remain in the competition and two more will be eliminated this weekend, so can't wait to sit down and watch the football. But for now, as always, this podcast will be available on Podomatic and iTunes. Like us, review us, and share it with your friends. And if you want to get in contact with us, get onto Twitter at 5th and Last. That's the letter N, not the word and. And the email is 5th and Last Podcast at Hotmail.com. And Facebook, as always, head up to the search bar and type in 5th and Last NRL Podcast. 
keep your eyes peeled this week for our two free $100 bets that we will be giving away for the correct score in the finals games or closest to brought to you by Cenebet.com. Get the Cenebet app on your mobile and fire up. But for now, guys, that's it. Enjoy your rugby league. Bye. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.